There you go. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that a great sound? <laughs> this is yes. Oh, the sound effects are intense. I'm drinking some, y'all. They're like, we know who's on your podcast today. <laughs> We're not hiding the line. It's only no. appropriate. All right, girl. Thanks. Cheers. 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 Here we go. Hello, friends, and welcome to an all-new episode of Country Heat Weekly, the destination for country music fans. I'm Kelly Sutton, and it's our goal to catch you up on all the hot scoop out of Nashville and connect you with both new music and some old favorites. And I'm Amber Anderson. We are podcasting from 16th Avenue South in Nashville, Historic Music Row. And although a lot of the history on Music Row has unfortunately been bulldozed to make room for hotels and condos, the building that we're in is one of the quaint little bungalow-style houses Music Row is known for. We are in the former home of Love Monkey Music, which was hit songwriter Bob DePiro's publishing house. Okay, so when you walk in the back door, Amber, there's a little brick patio with a bunch of Bob's big hit songs. Do we know if there are any Tim McGraw or Faith Hill songs on there? I actually looked on my way in today. Oh. There are two. Bob is a co-writer on Southern Voice Mm -hmm. for Tim, one of my favorites. And Take Me As I Am for Faith. Amber always delivering with the songwriter (laughs) info. I never have to worry. You're always coming through. Now, I bring that up because we are rediscovering the duets of Tim and Faith today in our Rediscover segment. For anyone finding them right now through the monster hit series 1883, we want to make sure that you know their musical history, too. So when I say Tim and Faith duet, Amber, what's the first song that comes to your mind? Obviously, it's your love. I've seen the tour, the iconic video. I mean, you you have to say it's your love, right? I mean, you think about the video where Faith was incredibly pregnant. <laughs> you know, when we dig into it a lot more, they've collaborated on a lot of songs over the years. And we're going to explore some of them a little bit later on in our podcast. I am admittedly still way behind on 1883. Are you serious? Yes. I have given you so many weeks to get I know. Okay, I know. it's fine. Oh, I do have to tell you this, though. <laughs> Listen to this. I talked to Chris Lane recently. Did you know he and Lauren named their son... Dutton after the family in Yellowstone? Are you serious? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, listen to what he told me about it. (laughs) After watching that show for the first season or two, we said, if we ever have a boy, we should name him Dutton. And and then when we found out we were pregnant and then found out we were having a boy, it, it just stuck. We were like, well, we were saying Dutton. And it just stuck the whole time. We just kept saying it and, and thought it was, it was such a, a cool boy's first name. And I, I think it, it sounds tough, too. I like it. Now with 1883, one of the original Duttons was Tim McGraw. So you kind of yeah. sort of named your son after Tim McGraw. You got that right. I mean, I wonder if Tim knows about this. Yeah, I wonder. It's I mean, he's got to he's got to know if he sees the name. It's kind of like Dutton is, if you watch Yellowstone, you hear Dutton and you just know. Gives it away. Okay. Anyway, back to what's happening on Country Heat Weekly. I am so excited that Carly Pierce is our special guest today. She has been on the highest of highs after an incredible 2021. And we are going to chat with her about how she follows it up and what she's got planned for 2022. And as promised, I brought some wine. Yes. 
I love it. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> so I know Carly wrote a lot of her songs on the album 29 with your boss, Shane McAnally, who co-produced the album. I mean, did you get to hear some of this before it ever came out into the world? You know, I did. I got to. I remember going to the studio that day. It was mid-pandemic. Um, we were all working from home, but I had to meet Shane at the studio to drop something off. And he called me in and said, you have to hear this song that Carly wrote for her producer, Busby, who had tragically passed away the year before. It's called Show Me Around. And it is super emotional. One of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. We're all in there crying. I remember leaving that day saying, this music is going to change her career. I just knew. It's unbelievable. And now the whole world knows it too. <laughs> We're diving into all of that and more. Carly's getting COVID tested as we speak. She's going to be in the studio very soon. So let's get this show on the road. First, we're going to head into the kitchen to find out what's cooking in Nashville. Album releases are heating up. Last week, we talked about the new Marin Morris song on the Country Heat playlist. It's called Circles Around This Town. And now we get to tell you about the full album. This is her third album. We had Hero, and then we had Girl, and this one is called Humble Quest. It's coming out on Friday, March 25th. So Marin's first two albums were produced by Busby, who we tragically lost in 2019 to brain cancer. We just mentioned Busby a few moments ago because he worked with Carly for so many years. Well, now she is working with a new producer. Humble Quest was produced by Greg Kirsten. He worked with Adele and the Foo Fighters. It's actually his first time producing an entire country album, so it's going to be interesting to see what he brings to the project. He apparently brought a studio with a view. Okay. <laughs> Marin recorded a lot of the album at his studio in Hawaii. Oh, hey, that would sell me on hiring him too. <laughs> right? Okay. According to a feature in the New York Times, this album is very country. Well, another big album release we got info on this week is Thomas Rhett. His album called Where We Started, which to be honest is not what we were expecting from TR. No, not really, because last year he had Country Again Side A, and he told us Country Again Side B was coming this year, which it still is apparently at some point. But between that, we are getting another entire full album, 15 songs, and it comes out on April 1st. So maybe this is just an April Fool's joke. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, it's pretty elaborate if it is. Thomas talked to us a little bit about the new album last week. He gave us some scoop, including how he wound up doing a duet with Katy Perry. Katy Perry, that was never a plan. I, I don't think we were looking for a collaboration on this song. And Allison Jones over at the label was like, do you care if I send this to Katy Perry's team? And I was like, yeah, but I mean, they're not going to respond, you know, but you can send it. And literally within 24 hours, Katy responded and said, I love this. I resonate with this so well. And she really put a lot of time and effort into this vocal, and it's one of the best. I mean, she's an incredible singer, but this kind of reminded me of how amazing of a vocalist she is, and, and uh, I just felt like it really came to life. Well, that is certainly a life lesson. You just don't know until you ask. That's exactly right, for sure. All right, we also want to give a shout out to Priscilla Block, who has the best named album of the year so far. Welcome to the Block Party. <laughs> Get it? Yes. So great. Brilliant. But in other news, are we actually getting a Sam Hunt tour this year? I think tour might be a stretch. He has announced more than a dozen dates and promises more to come, but they seem to be mostly fairs and festivals. Yes. Well, I know his fans are happy to see him out there a bit more this year. Maybe one of the next shows will be in Nashville, fingers crossed. Or maybe we just road trip. I'm down with that. Okay. You know I'm always down with that. <laughs> 
By the way, I've decided we need to road trip to see Reba on tour. Okay. Our friend Penny sent a report and pictures from the Huntsville stop of Reba's live and concert tour, and it looks fabulous. Okay, thank you, Penny, for checking in. We love you for that. Looking at the pictures, it looks like Reba had six outfits over the course of a 90-minute set. Seven, if you actually count the mid-song reveal she does when she takes off her cape during Fancy. (laughs) That sounds epic. The tour runs through the middle of March, and she has seven different women rotating through as openers, including Kaylee Hammock, Brittany Spencer, Brandi Clark, and one of Amazon Music's 2022 Artists to Watch, Raina Roberts. Okay, before we hit the heat index, I have to tell you about this pitch I got in an email this week. So a pitch for everyone at home thinking Kelly has suddenly taken up baseball (laughs) just means a publicist reached out and said, hey, would you give some media coverage to this event, album, single, whatever it might be? Yeah, I've certainly not taken up baseball. No fear there. It does, however, involve football. Oh, aha. It's for the Super Bowl Music Fest, Amber. Do you know without looking where the Super Bowl is taking place this year? Yes. The Super Bowl is in Los Angeles. Yes. I think you knew that. Eh, I kind of knew that. (laughs) It was written in the press release, so I knew that. According to the pitch, wait, what's the football equivalent of a pitch? Just a throw? It would be a pass. That would be a pass. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Getting the lingo down. So the Super Bowl is obviously this whole week-long party in L.A. And the three days before the game, there's a music festival. They pitched it to me as never-before-seen co-headliner pairings representing the diversity of the Los Angeles music scene. And we have two country acts in the lineup, maybe two and a half. Okay, sounds like Amazon needs to send us to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Please and thank you. Who's playing? Okay, night one is Halsey and Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. Night two is Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani with Mickey Guyton. That's amazing. Yeah. That is going to be amazing. Are you counting Gwen as the half? Yeah, I kind of was. Okay. Although night three is Green Day and Miley Cyrus, and she's kind of country adjacent. Okay, so let's pitch... Amazon to take the podcast on the road and send us to cover the Super Bowl. (gasps) Yay, sports! You know, it's like my dream come true. Yeah. (laughs) Yay, sports. Up next in the podcast is our heat index. This is where we wander outside of the podcast to other areas of the Country Heat neighborhood. We shine the light on songs we're digging on the Country Heat playlist. Yeah, our podcast actually gets its name from that playlist, which is the marquee playlist for country music on Amazon Music. So what's catching your ear this week, Amber? Well, I always love opening the app and seeing who the cover artist is on the playlist. And right now, it's Kane Brown. The first song on the playlist is one called Whiskey Sour. Now I take my Whiskey sour, sitting bar side after hours, thinking, How can I get over? That is some country music right there. Very stripped down arrangement for Kane. I dig it. Me too. I mean, I'm loving everything he's putting out these days. We were just talking about all the fun things that Kane has been up to. And there's also new music from Gabby Barrett on the playlist. It's from her debut album, Goldmine, called Pick Me Up. Gabby name drops George Strait mm-hmm. in that song. So we have to shout out the Scotty McCreary song, Damn Straight, which is also on the playlist. And I thought since all of those songs are pretty traditional, let's also throw out Country Boy Do. Nelly and Tyler Hubbard. That's right. That 
That's from Nelly's eight-song project, Heartland, which also features collaborations with Breland, Florida Georgia Line, Darius Rucker, and Blanco Brown. I mean, I love that they give a shout-out to Smashville. (laughs) They do. That's what we call our (laughs) hockey arena here in Nashville where the Predators play. I'm sorry, did you just bring up sports for a second time in this podcast? (laughs) I did. (laughs) Kelly, I think I'm rubbing off on you. It makes me so happy. (laughs) I've been cranking hits about a Nashville so many, I see why they call it Smashville. Okay, I'm done with sports now. Back to music for sure. I'm going to read you this quote from one of the artists on the Country Heat playlist. Everyone at home has to guess who said that. I am ready. There are a lot of songwriters who claim, I knew the instant we wrote this one. I really think those guys are full of shit. And I don't think anybody knows that. Well, okay then. <laughs> who said that? No, keep listening, and we'll tell you right here on Country Heat Weekly. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got rocket money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. There are a lot of songwriters who claim that they know, yeah, I knew the instant we wrote this one that it was six-week number one and and I was going to get a big giant check in the mail. I really just think those guys were full of I don't think anybody knows that. Chris Chris Stapleton. Like, you can't possibly know how everybody's going to feel about a song that you write. I don't trust computer research or phone surveys or anything like that. You have to take it to the people. I trust people, and I trust people who have taste. That's from 60 Minutes last Sunday. Chris was interviewed about his songwriting. They showed his band cave where he has his awards, and right next to his Grammys on the side table are a bunch of trophies that look like mini waffle irons. (laughs) He's apparently won a bunch of awards for how much airplay he gets on the Waffle House jukeboxes. (laughs) Tell me you're a country singer without telling me you're a country singer. The lyrics from her song, 29, said it all. 29 was quite a year for Carly Pierce. But for me, 29 is the year that I got married and divorced. But 30 was something else altogether. In 2021, Carly Pierce won two ACM awards with Lee Bryce for her hit duet, I Hope You're Happy Now. She released an incredible post-divorce album, 29 Written in Stone, and launched her 29 headlining tour. She was invited to become a member of the Grand Ole Opry by Dolly Parton and then inducted by Trisha Yearwood as if it could get any better. Now we get to introduce her as the reigning CMA female 
Vocalist of the Year, Carly Pierce, is center stage at Country Heat Weekly. Yay. What an introduction. <laughs> I felt like a ring announcer for the WWE. When you hear it like that, you just kind of, I don't know, I was just like, wow, God is good. And I've known both of you for so long, and it's just, it's cool. Yes, we are so excited to have you here Thanks. today. Well, you know what? We did not hide the wine <laughs> no, because we knew that not. you were coming. So cheers, cheers. to you. Thanks, Cheers girl. to all the singers. Cheers. Cheers. All the good things that are happening and yeah. all the things that have happened to you in the past year. Thank you. Okay, so have you processed everything from 2021? I mean, I just read this laundry list of all the things that have happened to you. Have you had time to soak it in? I feel like I have moments of kind of realizing everything that's happened, but it's really interesting in scenarios where it's read almost, you know, in a list for the calendar year of what happened to me. And just thinking, you know, I didn't really, I didn't set out to make this album for anything other than survival. And I think the most beautiful thing in that is I found truly who I am. I know it was my third record, but I feel like it honed in on exactly what I wanted to do as an artist sonically and also just made my purpose as an artist and also as a woman so much bigger mm-hmm. and through such something that I thought was the worst thing that ever happened to me. It's been really life-changing inside just as Carly, too. Do you think that it has put pressure on 2022 and what's coming for you in 2022? I'm in a very different place coming into this year than I was the prior year. But I think what I know now is that people want to hear my stories and they want to hear whatever truth I'm living at the moment. And I think that gives me some sort of confidence to just own that and not try to play any kind of games of wanting to be a country music purist. I've never wanted to get outside of the genre, and I feel like this is the first album because of Shane McAnally and Josh Osborne that they really honed in and honored that for me in a way that I didn't even know I could do. And people seem to like that. So it's like, oh my gosh, this is actually the first album that you've made that really was you. So just keep doing that. And don't freak out and drink. And it'll be fine. <laughs> Amen. And everything will be fine. <laughs> I had to make a decision when I went through a divorce. And I had to say, okay, should I... And, you know, everybody has a different way of processing things. And I could have acted like it never happened. Mm-hmm. But that's not realistic. And that's that's not how I can process things. And so I went 100% because I didn't want to give it half. And it opened me up so much to who I am. And I am more confident in myself. I thought I was confident before that, but walking through something hard like that, and especially in the public eye, I gained so much strength that I feel like you can hear in the music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, nobody wants to go through anything like that. I think as fans, we almost feel guilty because we got so much great music <laughs> from it. We were like, oh, this is so horrible, and I hate this for Carly, and we love you so much. But oh my gosh, did you <laughs> hear so the good. album? It's so good. So, you know, for us, it was like we, we do have a guilt a little bit about enjoying something that we know was so painful for you. But it's okay because we're buying the albums, right? It's okay. And also, people say to me all the time, you know, because I've got this tour now, and I take you through chronologically the album and what happened and the story, and they're like, is that hard for you? And I'm like, no. The impact that this music has had on people and to go out every night and see people who obviously have struggled in some way, maybe their story isn't exactly like mine, but I've heard so many stories of how this music has carried people through seasons of their life that were hard. Of course, there are moments that I get emotional, but that's human nature, but it's Mm. empowering to go, wow, we are all just on this 
human roller coaster ride trying to figure it out. And it's so nice to just go, hey, guys, I know I have fake eyelashes on. I know I have fake hair in. I know that I did not <laughs> buy these clothes. Somebody picked them out for me. And I'm on a stage, but I'm just like you. You know, Nashville's a small town. There are going to be so many things where you're going to be at an award show. You're going to be at a party. And, you know, you're going to run into your ex. Mm-hmm. Do you worry about that? Do you think about that? Does it put a damper on some of those events? Or is there somebody on your team that's, like, making sure that this stuff doesn't happen? It hasn't happened yet at all, which has been nice. It's going to happen. And... I don't care, I guess, either way. They're living their life, and I'm living mine, and we don't have to speak. Mm-hmm. We're good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Me too. Okay, so the 29 tour is picking up again yeah. in March. Yes. How do you feel about headlining? I know oh it's a lot gosh. of work. It is a lot of work. However, I've never gotten to do it, and I'm so glad that I haven't until now because it feels so different. I made it very much the aesthetic that I've always hoped for, which was somewhere between, you know, when the chicks did their home record with a little Alison Krauss mixed with Patty Loveless, if that was like a tour and really about the storytelling. And just to be able to really build my show, you know, when you're the first opening act on a major tour, which I've been so grateful to pretty much tour with everyone at this point and getting to tour with Kenny this summer, you're still kind of playing to their fans. Mm. And sometimes, you know, me and my songs about my broken heart maybe don't match up with Jason Aldean's rowdy fans. You know, I'm like, hey, we're going to talk about feelings. And they're like, hey, we want to talk about beer. And it's like, okay, all right, we're good. You don't want to break your heart? Okay. Okay. You want to talk about divorce? All right, it's fine. Um, But I think having people that are intentionally coming to hear stories and to hear music Mm. it's so awesome i'm very much looking forward to it i was at your national show yes it was rowdy (laughs) we talked about it on the podcast she actually called me that night she's like oh my gosh people were screaming things it was a lot it was a lot Mm -hmm. so when you came out and said i am going to play this or i specifically designed this album and ordered these songs like this on purpose and i'm going to play them in chronological order for you, I remember going, yes. <laughs> like, yes, because I don't think that people understand that track listings of records are done on purpose. Yes. And they are meant to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Seeing a whole body of work and hearing that from start to finish, yeah. it was super powerful. I loved that. And I could tell in the room that there was a lot of, there were so many people that were hanging on to every moment of the entire show. Yeah. Was every show like Nashville? Was Are they all that rowdy? They <laughs> With are. people now, this is, shouting but this from is, the rafters. They are literally from the rafters and you're like, <laughs> I didn't pay them to say that, but. Yeah. And it's honestly, it has made it, I think, starting with a song like Diamondback in your show and you, you know, I set the tone for people of like, hey guys, we're good. Like, we're all right, and we're going to go on this journey, but we're good. And I think they get excited because they see that I'm strong. And where they are in their journey, maybe they're just starting out. But by the end of the night, I feel like they feel, even if they came there sad, like they can get through it because they've watched me just tell them a story, a really hard—it started in tragedy and came to triumph. And I think— That's why you feel that is because everybody, I'm bleeding out my heart to you, but you see at the end that I'm like, we're good. Mm. We're okay. And you're going to be okay too. But you ain't going to get this down. 
coming back No, never ever getting this diamond back You can keep the dog and the Cadillac But you ain't gonna get this diamond back. Is that a true story? Where's the diamond right now? Oh, it, it's gone. She gone. But I did have it. She gone. She gone. Sold her. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Listen. Oh, I love this so much. There's so much happening right now. I'm like, wait, I think I need another drink. I used to joke. I good. joked in the studio with Shane and Josh, and I was like, you know, because it says, you ain't going to get this diamond back because I sold it. That's what it should have said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. See, this is why we love her. Y'all. This is why. Come on with it. It's one of the small the reasons why. <laughs> You're getting all the real. Okay, let's talk social media because you said just a moment ago, hey, I'm standing on stage. These aren't my eyelashes. This isn't my hair. I didn't. So, and and we love the fact that you have really taken the time to post some of those raw, candid, like, I'm not putting a filter on this one, friends. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. But then you're also going to see me glammed up. Why is that so important to get that message out to fans? Social media has was obviously not a thing when I was growing up idolizing these women in my position now. I don't want them to ever... I think about young girls that are so impressionable, and I don't want people to think that what you see on a magazine is actually the aesthetic of all of us. And it's really important to me, just like my music is very raw and real, what you see is what you get. I want that to match me as a human. And I don't want to feel like I have to walk around in a world where, you know, I go to the grocery store and I look really bad. And I don't want to feel like I have to not live Carly. And my parents have always raised me, be yourself and don't let this world change you. Well, I feel like it's now my duty to say, hey, girls, you too can buy this hair. They'll always say to me in meet and greets, I love your hair. And I'm like, do you want the link? I will. You can buy it. Like, it's not real. <laughs> so that much is such a dolly response, by the way. Well, and I think a lot of what she has taught so much of us, you know, it takes a whole lot of money to look this cheap. And it's like, That's so amazing Mm -hmm. that she humanized the fact that we're putting on a show for you. We don't look like this, too, without the help. You know, we have Mm -hmm. people that come and do our hair. We have people that powder our face before you see us on stage. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of weave, you know. And I just, I think that's really important. I want to be real. I just love that so much. (laughs) We have a lot of weave. (laughs) We have a lot of weave. So much weave. Like, if y'all touch my head right now, you would be like, oh, my God. Same girl. You know, it's like, it's fine. It could be flammable. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get too close. Okay, so we all know that the Opry was a huge bucket list item for you. I'm sure winning Female Vocalist of the Year was as well. If you had to pick one thing to cross off next, what would it be? Album of the Year. I would like oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would really like that. Me too. So in the credits of the show, we thank all of the dogs for, the, for their emotional support. So June Jolene will get a shout out. So you've got to listen to all the way. You have to listen to the end. Okay. So is she a good road dog? Because she is a very nervous dog. She's not travel well. She's finally okay in a car. I have never taken her on the bus overnight because she was my date to the CMT Awards. I don't know if you saw the photos or she walked the carpet with me. And she, um, thank goodness, she did not go to the bathroom on the carpet. But she went to the bathroom on all of my jewelry because she was very nervous. And so I said, June, we're going to wait a year or two to take (laughs) you on the bus. But my parents got Johnny. Right. Johnny Sue. Little boy named Sue. Mm -hmm. And Johnny will go wherever you want to go. So I have taken Johnny on the bus. He's a little cowboy. Don't know if you've seen him. He's done the fancy like dance. Nice. He rides and he'll ride with his cowboy hat on. He's good. And he's great on the bus. He loves it. He's like, I get treats. I get to be 
pet all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have very polarizing personalities, but they have been the greatest joy of my life. I don't know how to explain it. It's it, Now they're kind of a package deal because my mom watches them when I'm touring. So they're kind of just attached at the hip. But I could talk about them for days. Oh, I need to write so a song sweet. about them. Okay, so before we let you go, there are a couple of things still ahead in the podcast we want to check in with you on. Our Rediscover segment features nothing but duets from Tim and Faith. <gasps> Are you watching 1883? I haven't, but it's only because I haven't. I know I'm going to just really go off the scale here, but I watched the first 30 seconds of the first season of Yellowstone, and when the horse died, I was done. Can't do it. (laughs) Haven't made it past. So I that was enough for me for life. So I haven't. I have a little bit of PTSD from that scene. Haven't watched it. Need to get into it. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's so good. And I have to watch 1883, too. I'm behind. But I mean, here's what I will say. I love it. The The body count's high. Just prepare. Okay. Just prepare. 1883. I'd rather bodies and horses. If something does it to animals. I could, <laughs> You're I'd good, be, I could get down You're good, animals, then. though. Like, there are a few people I could probably kill at this point in my life. But animals? Probably not. You're like... <laughs> I need a sip of wine. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That definitely calls for a little drink right there. Cheers to oh my gosh. the body count being high. <laughs> okay, so I just thought that could be your next album title. The body count? The body count. It's true. The body count. I mean, I Same. get it. I get it. <sighs> Do you have a favorite Tim and Faith duet? Mm. I mean, it's really hard to not say it's your love. Mm. I just feel like it's so timeless. I listen to it. Every time it comes on the radio, like, I will crank. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, good. It is good. Yeah. It really is. I loved watching all of those videos with them together, too. Man, it was videos in the 90s and early 2000s were <sighs> just, were like, something. epic. Epic. I feel like I missed out on that. Oh, you could bring it back. I would. Uh, yeah. I, would I need to bring them budgets back. Yeah, you know, that's right. <laughs> yeah, they were different. Yeah. You yeah, know what? Best. We just are so happy for you. Oh, thank you. Seriously. So thank Cheers you. to 2022. We're going to see you in Las Vegas for the ACM. <gasps> Let's go. Woo! It's going to be fun. Carly Pierce right here on Country Heat Weekly. Okay, so here is a homework for everyone out there listening. If you have friends or family who are obsessed with 1883 but maybe don't listen to country music, we've got Tim and Faith 101. That's right. Their on-screen chemistry is nothing compared to what it's like seeing them on stage performing together. They are each superstars in their own right, and together they are magic. On this episode of Country Heat Weekly, we're going to rediscover the duets of Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Tim says he was smitten with Faith when they met at an industry event in 1994. Sparks were definitely flying in 1996 when she opened his spontaneous combustion tour. After proposing several times, Faith finally said yes, and the couple was married in October of 1996. Tim did a charity event back home in Louisiana called Swamp Stock, and they got their friends and family together for a barbecue in the backyard before the show. Surprise! It was really a wedding. (laughs) The couple has three children together, Maggie, Gracie, and Audrey. And they've toured together multiple times on the Soul to Soul tour. Have you seen Soul to Soul when they were out? I have. I definitely saw it here in Nashville. It was unforgettable. My favorite part, watching them on stage at the Ryman, they bring out the chairs They put chairs back Back to to back, back. and then they both (laughs) straddle the chairs facing each other. Oh, my gosh. It was so hot. (laughs) 
There's a lot happening during that show. (laughs) So as we talked about at the beginning of the show, and just like Carly Pierce mentioned when we talked to her, the first duet they did together was It's Your Love. It's your love. It just does something to me. It sends a shock right It's their most successful duet to date, spending six weeks at the top of the country singles chart in 1997 and sweeping four categories at the ACM Awards. That one was on Tim's album, Everywhere. Then next year, the couple put out Just to Hear You Say That You Love Me on Faith's self-titled album, a song that was written by Diane Warren. And then we got Let's Make Love and Like We Never Loved It All, both of which won Grammys for Best Country Collaboration with Vocals. Like We Never Loved It All is my favorite song that they've done together, and that video is everything. So good. Set in the 60s with the big beehive hair. I love it so much. I remember seeing them perform Like We Never Loved It All at the Grammys. So at this point, all four duets that they've recorded together have love in the title. Too bad they didn't like each other or anything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Their next project was I Need You, also a ballad. But then we got Meanwhile, Back at Mama's. Okay, so I remember Tim was performing this new song at an award show, and it was like, surprise, all of a sudden, Faith came out and joined him on stage. No one had any idea what was happening. Meanwhile, back at Mama's, the porch lights on, come on in if you want to. Supper's on the stove, mirrors in the fridge, red sun sinking out alone. That was the ACM Awards in 2014. By this point, Faith wasn't doing a lot of recording, so it was a special treat. That one's not really a full-fledged duet. Faith comes in with the harmonies just to remind everyone how great they sound together. Okay, so that brings us to 2017, when the couple finally released a full album of duets called The Rest of Our Life. Now, at this point, it had been 12 years since Faith had released her last album. The project went to number one on the Billboard Country Albums chart, and it gave us the life lesson, Speak to a Girl. That's how you talk to a woman. That's how you speak to a girl loved the message behind that song. That was exactly what you'd expect to hear from the parents of three daughters. That album, The Rest of Our Life, is a great place to dig in and discover some music for the first time. Plus, there's a song that Megan Trainer has a writer's credit on, and the title track was co-written by Ed Sheeran. For a while, we wondered what the title was going to be. Well, um, that song came in later, too. Yeah, that song we came in later, too. done with the record, and it, the song came in. And we thought we had to cut it because it was such a beautiful song, yeah. And as soon as we did, it was... It was obvious that it should be the title. Yeah, we were sort of trying to figure out a, a good idea for the for yeah. the album title, and this song came in and it just wiped everything else out. Now, Tim and Faith aren't known as songwriters, but they did team up with hit songwriters Lori McKenna and Shane McAnally to write a song that they recorded for the soundtrack to the movie The Shack called Keep Your Eyes on Me. Keep your eyes on me When you're lost in the dark Keep your So with that song, we bring this all full circle back to acting. Tim was great in that movie. You know, you can rediscover all the music of Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, both separately and together on Amazon Music. Next week on Country Heat Weekly, Walker Hayes will be here. Amber's worlds (laughs) collide. I'm assuming that at this point you've heard some of the stuff off his upcoming album, Country Stuff. I have. 
It's great. <laughs> I'm very biased, but I'm super pumped to talk to him and to catch up with him. He is such a great guy. I he can't is. wait. Okay, plus we're going to fan out with the girls who run the Twitter account, Kelsey Central. They're now roommates in Nashville, but they met through Twitter over their shared love of Kelsey's music. I love a story about music bringing people together. And in the weeks ahead, we've got some really cool guests lined up, including Breland and Casey Musgraves. Oh, we don't want you to miss any of it. So make sure that you're following Country Heat Weekly. That way you get a new episode delivered straight to your favorite podcast app each Thursday. So checking in on everyone, how are those New Year's resolutions to work out more holding up? I've made strides. I got a Peloton. I'm very excited about this. So my motivation right now is through the roof. But (laughs) if you're having trouble getting motivated, we give you this week's burning question. What is your favorite workout? Obviously, the first person we had to ask was Tim McGraw, who loves to share those shirtless pics. He has a mobile gym that he takes on tour with him. It's a lot of CrossFit stuff. I mean, we use ropes and chains and and all kinds of things and run a lot. I do a lot of cardio. Um, That's the main thing. I work out at home in my gym, do standard stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff I can do without having a gym or anything, just push-ups and and crunches and running. Tim's routine is completely opposite of Justin Moore's. I'm not going to work out because I hate working out. I mean, I'll get out and play basketball or do something like that, but I'm just not going to work out. (laughs) Well, here are some more workout strategies from Riley Green, Walker Hayes, and Keith Urban, who gets his workout in while he's working. We have a very high energy show and, you know, we're running around everywhere and it's, you know, it's a, it's a decent, decent length show. So I think that keeps me in really good shape. Dude, I'm, I am a, a core freak. You know, if you only have a minute, do some pull-outs, push-ups, but hit that core. <laughs> Riley Green workouts, wake up, drink as much coffee and espresso as you can and make yourself go to Planet Fitness and just get on as many machines as you can before you got to go do an interview or a meet and greet. There's no rhyme or reason to it. We want to dedicate this show to country music broadcasting legend Ralph Emery, who we lost last week. I had the privilege of working with him. In fact, he's the one that brought me to town. He's the first person that ever took me to the Opry and introduced me to what the music business was all about. He set the bar, and none of us would be here without him. Country Heat Weekly is a collaborative production between Amazon Music and Nevermind Media. Executive producer, Melissa Locker. Senior producer, Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Tim Einengel. Production assistance from Annie Reuter and Debbie Daughtry. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. Additional music from Madeline McCormick. The Amazon music team includes Nathan Brackett, Emily Cohen, Chris Graham, Michelle Kammerer, Eliza Mills, Morgan Jones, and Raymond Roker. Development consultant, Michelle Dix. Additional production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Abby, Jake, June Jolene, Johnny Sue, and all the other very good dogs out there. Be sure to follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Country Heat Weekly ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at listenerstudy.com.